<laughs> and welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I am Brad. And I'm Jeremy. And Jeremy, this isn't episode 161. This no. is 162. It's true. It is 162. Episode 162 is the end of our slasher horror movies, isn't it? Yep. It sure is. And slasher we sequels. are doing a doozy, if you would say. <laughs> it is a Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy Got Fingered. I mean, Freddy's Revenge. That's true. It is true. Everything about that is true. This is the follow-up sequel to the hit, the New Line Cinema uh, released, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, does not include uh, Nancy at all. No. Heather Lane Camp uh, was not asked to come back for the second movie, uh, which is unfortunate because yep. I like Heather Lane Camp. Yeah. I've liked her on Just the Ten of Us. There you go. I liked her on these. Um, and, and instead, we got uh, what some people call the gayest horror movie. Uh, unintentionally made or intentionally made. Yeah. We will discuss. Well, they, they talk about he was the first male scream queen. Oh, who? Who are we talking about? Mark Patton. Mark Patton. Mark Patton, who is our final girl or final boy. Yes. I guess we would say. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the term final girl, but you don't really right. have a final girl in this movie. Well, you have a, well, you have a kind of, it's weird. Kind of. We will kind Kim, of talk about that. Kim but, Myers. uh, he's played by Mark Patton. You might know him, uh, as Chris from the CBS storybook special. Are you trying, are you, have you tried talking to Patty? Did you know that? I didn't. What no? is that? I don't know, but he was in that. <laughs> no, yeah. but he is in it. He is in that. Yes. Uh, including Freddie, uh, Robert, uh, England, England, yep. who, uh, who, uh, comes back for this movie. Uh, this is the film debut of Kim, uh, Miners, right? Yeah. Um, and she plays Lisa, but you might know her, um, from the CBS story break special Kim in the drug knot. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that one. Storybook special. Oh yes, the CBS storybook special. CBS storybook special. As opposed to you know, Mark's CBS storybook special. Have you tried talking to Patty? I think if we if we do a whole new podcast, we just watch through the CBS watch that storybook special storybook specials. Yeah, we have uh, the uh, uh, Mark's parents are played by uh, very established kind of older actors. Uh, Hope Lang and Clue uh, Gulliger. Gulliger? Is yeah. that how you pronounce his name? Gulliger? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was yeah. And then we have a character actor uh, who plays the Coach Schneider, uh, Marshall Bell. But you might remember his work from the ABC after school <laughs> special, Just Tipsy, honey. He plays Chris in that. <laughs> so we got a lot going on in this movie, don't we, Jeremy? We do. <laughs> I mean, you might remember, you might remember Marshall Bell from like Marshall l- Bell. You might loads remember of other Stand by Me. He, he was he was he was actually Will Wheaton's father in Stand by Me. I also forget that Joe, uh, John Cusack plays his brother in Stand by Me, the one who gets killed, and oh. I always forget that oh, until yeah. I start watching Stand by Me, and I'm like, yeah. John Cusack's in this movie. But yes, he's the father yeah. in that movie. Always plays kind of like a mean, gruff. Kind yeah, he of, was uh, in Starship Troopers, and he was Starship in, uh, Troopers. He was in Starship Troopers. Yeah. Oh my god! And he was in uh, Total Recall. He was Quato, George and Quato. The... He was in Total Recall, and don't forget about the ABC After School Special, Just Tipsy Honey. I do remember that one. No, you don't. What? Don't tell me what I remember and what I don't. <laughs> It's about he's like tipsy. He's tipsy his wife honey. asks about his wife asks if he's drunk. Hey, he honey, goes, are you tipsy? It's it's about it's Have a special. It, really? No. Oh, okay. It's a Don't special about why you should just get tipsy and not like full blown drunk. <laughs> Tipsy's okay. You could drive. Full blown. Please. Uh, do we have a? Uh, Don't be driving. You're tipsy, by the way. Do we have a plot synopsis for this movie? Uh. Yeah, <laughs> let's. I, think... I knew I I threw some curveballs in there for you. So I know. Uh, <laughs> I was. 
That was all over the place. Yeah. Um, a new family moves into the house on Elm Street, and before long, the kids are again having nightmares about deceased child murderer Freddy Krueger. This time, Freddy attempts to possess a teenage boy to cause havoc in the real world, and can only be overcome if the boy's sweetheart can master her fear. <laughs> I guess, or if he can master something. Uh, the uh, the dance moves that he had going on there. Um, yeah. Oh, Some yeah. people call this the the top gun of horror movies. Yeah. Um I don't know what that means. <laughs> so but there are a lot of um what people call uh gay subtext in this movie. Yeah. I wouldn't call it subtext. It's pretty <laughs> it's much pretty written, pretty overt. It's pretty overtly and it's pretty wild that it's pretty overtly. Yeah. Back in the early eighties and you you're talking about this is the big time of the scare of the AIDS crisis yep. uh, at, the, at that moment. And perhaps maybe this is, um, can be uh, shown as like a cautionary tale uh, of that or yeah. like a scare tactic of, of being, you know, don't be, don't show your true feelings. Yeah. Shove them down and be in the closet because if you are, Freddie will come out Yeah, and you won't like what you, what well, you become. I, yeah, I think that that's I mean, just, uh, it becomes pretty scary. Yeah. You know, for, it's, it's weird. Um, I mean, it, to me, there's, it's not just subtext. I think that a lot of, like, a lot of gay horror fans saw this when they were younger and were just like, oh, my God. Like, like an awakening. It, yeah, it, like, spoke stuff. out to them in a way. Um, and, and rightfully so. You didn't, you yeah. didn't get anything like that right. back in the day. Right. No, it's like it's like seeing uh, the Frankie from Frankie, Frankie goes to Hollywood, Hollywood video? video for Relax the first yeah. time. Um, when you're just like, oh my, that's not even like. This but if you get the director's cut video of that, that's really kind of like, yeah, what is going on? Oh no, that's yeah, that one's the what? crazy. Yeah, um, but but this one, I mean, it has it's really overt. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what like we need to reanalyze our our. Our our, uh, definition of subtext, if we think that's subtextual, I don't think that any of this is subtextual. But and I think they, I think that the the makers knew this. Well, and I swear that they they did. So they claim they didn't. Here's what happened. Um, like the actors all knew, and and Mark Patton, Mm -hmm. um, he had gone as Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. uh, He had gone to. He'd worked on Broadway for a little bit and worked on some like stage plays and stuff. And he was out when he was mm. in New York. Okay. When he moved to Hollywood to start, you know, trying to pursue a movie career, the problem is in Hollywood, they were still very like, especially like in the, the 80s, they were not having like gay leading men. They, right. they didn't want any of that. And, um, it became, you know, like he had to kind of re-closet himself and mm-hmm. not talk about anything with it. So, uh, you, you didn't discuss it. You didn't, yeah. you didn't put it out there, whatever. So he gets this role that already has all this gay subtext, gay, you know, overtones to mm-hmm. it. And I'm fully under the belief that... Um, they knew that they picked him for a reason. Um, but when those, when those tones came out in the film and people were not happy about it, mm-hmm. the director and the writer distanced themselves. From human, them. human shitbag right. David Chaskin, who is the Correct. writer said, I didn't write any right. homosexual over that. The reason it's happening no homo coming out is because he's so gay. He's just making it yeah. gay around him. Yes, and then the director, he made everybody, ever the production staff, all yeah. threw him under the bus. With of course, it. the other actors were like, "Now, hey, wait a minute! Mm. <laughs> like, come on, that's not fair." Mm. Um, but it ruined his career because mm. when he would go to act in something else or he wanted mm. to pursue something, they looked at this and looked at his basically. The 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 writer and director said he's too gay to be a leading man. Like they yeah. they basically said he was too gay to overcome this. He couldn't act his way around it, even though that's 
what it was leading toward, right. you know. That's what it was. And so it really ruined his career. Uh, and so he, yeah. you know, has done many other things since then. Did you did you read about the people who auditioned for this movie, including um, Michael J. Fox, Brad Pitt, yeah. John Stamos, did yeah. uh, Christian Slater? Yes. Which, like all these people did. And, and again, to me, that goes back to the the whole idea of the fact that they knew what they were doing. They picked him for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And when they got backlash from it, they threw him under the bus. Mm -hmm. Like the pieces of excrement they are. It sounded like they really wanted, though, Michael J. Fox at one point. But he was too busy, obviously, with... You know, but I think everyone wants Michael J. Fox in the 80s to be in their movie. Do you know what I mean? It's not like one of those things where it's like, well... Well, you know, he was probably going to do it. I mean, come on. There's yeah. no way that he would read that script and be all like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was too busy being Calvin Klein at the time and trying to fuck his mom in Back <laughs> to the Future, let alone, you know, uh, whatever was going on during the cleaning room scene in this movie <laughs> which is supposed to be this homage to like risky business kind of and no that's what they said really? and i'm like how no if you've never seen the room cleaning scene because mm-hmm. they keep talking about he needs to clean his room because they moved and they yeah. moved into the house where nancy yeah. um, well, it's five years later yes it's five years later uh it's where nancy used to live yes um They've moved in. They're having problems right. with the house. There's weird, like, unexplainable things. And uh, it makes th- that scene alone makes Xanadu look like Fast and Furious. It does. I mean, oh it really gosh, does. No. Yeah. He, That's how gay it is. He it really puts is. on. He puts on some a tape. Yes. And it's some like I don't even know what the song was. I forgot to check. I, but it's like, it's like a let's diva dance and be yeah. Fun. It's it's like this. Kind of Whitney Houston kind of type. Yeah, of, like diva kind diva of. Diva kind yeah. of like 80s. Uh, R&B yeah. thing. Yeah, and so he's dancing around to it. And like he's he's dumping the the boxes full of stuff just into the drawer so he can put them away. So he can go yes, out. But as one, as a gay person, you and I yeah. oh, that are gay, we often tend to, when we put away our clothes, shut the drawer with our butts. Yeah. Well, not just well, I. I hip check and shut everything. Everything, my, but like but, this is like a but move. He, he was doing like this, like a twerk, pow, like this power bottom, like like a back a it power up bottom twerk. He was twerking like he before, was but he was twerking power. before, like what's her butt, you know? Yeah, and then he like took whatever the little pop gun this was, pop like, gun was a, thing, like, he like was, this wooden. He had it up to his mouth, like it was a like, microphone. Yeah, but like a pop like gun thing, and then he was like blow it, jiving with it, and then yeah, then he's gyrating and finally pops it. Yeah. It's like, oh my it was god. Like, Ooh. And his mom and sister walk in yeah. and they're like, Hey buddy. <laughs> his mom's just like, I'm gonna leave you with your sister and like or with your friend and like I thought away. that was Lisa. It was Lisa. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I'm like, she's this like with your girlfriend. Yeah. And runs away. Yeah. And he's My favorite scene after that was when they were cleaning and she's like, Do the sweaters go in the closet? And I go, and he does as well. Well, also, when she shows up (laughs) and she's helping him put things away, now it's very organized and boring. And there's no music. Right, there's no music at all. It's just all the joy went out of the room when she got Yeah, because it's like, he's got a girl there. He's like, Mm. But they're putting away. And she's like, what's this? And he's like, I don't know. I've never seen that. I'm sorry. You just moved into that room. And plus, so that, like, that diary is just there? Yeah, she put, it got left. It was dusty and it was left in a. I don't. Care. It was left like in a little. No. It wasn't very big space, so maybe they just missed no. it. No, no, I don't think so. What? What? Like David Chaskin is a terrible writer? No, <laughs> that can't be true. Um, also, this movie is called Freddy's Revenge. I do not know who he's getting revenge on. Yeah. He doesn't know any I of mean, these people. Isn't the first movie really Freddy's Revenge? He doesn't know any of these people. There's no, no revenge to do any yeah. of this. Well, and that's In one fact, of the... they break a lot of the rules from the first movie. Yeah. They, he, what they didn't like, what Wes Craven didn't like, is that he pretty much embodies uh, the character to get him to kill the people he's like i didn't like that yeah where it was like we were blaming 
the victim. Yes. I didn't like that. And then also the fact of that this is the only movie where he's killing people outside their dreams. Yes. Which does not make sense to yeah. me. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. It kind of alludes like it's going to be part of the dreams, but like mm-hmm. his buddy falls asleep and then wakes up and starts getting yeah. attacked. And he's like, I'm and changing. Like, and it's a, a very much like a, oh no, he's like attacking me, but like in a very, yeah. again, homo, and I don't say erotic at, yeah. at any, this yeah. is not erotic at all, but more homo eccentric in yeah. a way of... The way they, they, it's like, oh, my friend's coming on to me in a yeah. way. Because there's that scene where he's making out with his girlfriend. Yes. And I use air quotes. I know you can't see air quotes. Right. But I'm sure you can read my subtext when I call Lisa his girlfriend. Yeah. And I say it like that. Um, they're making out. And he's all like, something weird happens. And his tongue like is, yeah. goes all like Freddy Gray. And he's like, gross. And he runs to... His friend Ron's house. Yeah. Where, you know, he's all shirtless. And he's all like, Lisa's there and she wants to sleep with you. And you want to sleep with me. <laughs> Those are actually what he says. Yes. And I'm like, don't don't tell me like you didn't write that. Knowing what that meant. It's very obvious what he's, what he's saying. Yeah. He's not even like trying to hide that. And then your fucking cowardness about it, which is just bullshit to begin with, saying, we didn't know it was gay. Yeah, right. Fuck you. There's like there's a documentary that you showed me. There were a trailer where he was all like, well, I didn't write for you to scream like a woman, like yeah. a girl. And I'm like, fuck you, yeah, you it's, asshole. It's Scream Queen. So if you haven't watched it, Scream Queen... My Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and it talks about a lot of like how he's impacted as interviews with the other actors, and, and talking about this and kind of like what he ran into afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had, I think that they said they say something about like he has a partner around the time of the movie or like a friend who had, uh, who had died of AIDS or was oh, dying of AIDS, and then like. He himself uh, was diagnosed right, with HIV diagnosed, in, in yeah. 1999. And then, luckily, he had friends that helped yes. him and yeah. saved him. I think he lives in Mexico now. Yeah, he does. With his partner. Puerto Vallarta with his yeah. husband. Um, but they, uh, like, he became an interior decorator and things like that. Like an Just, artist. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, but for the first time, like, he, he started to, uh, like, one of the ways he survived and he made money was, like, shirts that had quotes from the movie on right. it, like, uh, he's he's inside of me right now. Right. Or, like, uh, so-and-so is homo or, like, whatever. It was, like, shirts that basically just say things. So, like, people, but fans, he would make money from going to these fan things, mm-hmm. these horror fan things. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and the, the, oh, go ahead. So he, he finally, though, gets to confront... Uh, Chaskin, mm-hmm. and he's a shit. Like yeah. he basically he says, "Well, yeah." Like he eventually Chaskin eventually admits, admits that there it. are there's subtext to it, but then he right. threw him under the bus again. Or but he doesn't quite admit he threw him under the bus, but he says, "Yeah, that's in there." But I didn't tell you scream to scream like a woman. Right. I didn't write my script for you to scream like a right. woman. And I was like, yeah. oh, man. First of all, <laughs> screaming like a woman, not gay. That's not a gay thing. That's yeah. a gender thing. Yeah. So let's it's get also, that. It's also a voice thing. Like, right. It's you also know, a voice thing. If your voice is higher pitched, also, you're going to The also director could have said, that sounds more like a woman could you scream or, differently? Yeah, or, you know, like, to, I need you to pitch it down or whatever. Yeah, pitch it Just, down. If like, that's what you wanted. That's more, to me, a director choice Yeah, of letting that in there. Yeah. You knew what it was. Yeah, they knew. You know? So I'm like, no, nah, fuck, fuck you. Bullshit. And the whole thing, to me, reads like gay panic. The, the movie, for the you, movie. reads like gay panic. Yes, the whole movie does. because Especially the last, thir- the third act does, too. Yeah, because we don't have a lot of Jesse in the third act because it becomes a lot of like Lisa and Lisa trying to save then kind of like, you know, a savior in a way yeah. to try to save Jesse out of being, you know, possessed by this evilness yeah. inside of him. Yeah. 
For those of you who don't like know what I'm talking about here too. So like um you see it in other things. There's there's other times when it comes up. Like in the um we talk about like there's the classic classic movie and of course like it's like parody remakes right. of it, but like Reefer Madness where they portrayed that like people who smoked weed were going to be these like degenerate like murderers and whatever you know just they're dope fiends and Mm. they were freaking out and like it was ridiculous like obviously ridiculous um they did the same thing in the 80s with satanic panic where it was like uh they said that you playing dungeons and dragons meant that you were gonna go that's true like it was this thing where they were like lock your children up don't let them do this it's evil well, this to me is just like a very blatant like gay panic thing in the terms of like, yes, they have these gay overtones. Um, but those are wonderful to see, right? Like especially back I, in, in, in the time yes. as far as when you're first watching it. But when you're watching it in retrospect, I'm getting what you're saying. I Okay, so I would have been okay with I, – I think like – if they handled the gay overtones differently and, like, rolled with it, like, I could have, like, seen it a little bit more. And been um, more tongue-in-cheek But it. But what happens is, yeah. instead, is uh, Lisa's trying to save him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he becomes Freddy. He's just going to be Freddy. She, like, f- manages to hunt him down. Uh, like, she goes to, like, he's almost destroying everybody at this pool party. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, lot of fire in this movie. Yeah. A lot of flaming going on in this yes. movie. Yeah. Both with the actor and the flames. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of fire, a lot of like... I don't, and maybe you, can, maybe you can help me with, like, what's the whole... Hey, what was with the birds, like, exploding? And then I what was, was with the... was supposed to be a heat thing. And, and what was the toaster, like, exploding to as well? Why did we not I, because then come back with it? Like, it sounds like it's, it's that's nothing. a haunting... It's like a haunting thing. thing. This movie to me is more like a ghost haunting than it is like him invading their dreams. He's not like a dream monster. He's like a poltergeist kind of a thing. Yeah, but that's not Freddy to me. No, it's not. No, it's really off. It should have been a different movie. Yeah. But, um, But in the end, like, Lisa tracks him down. She ends up... He, she had stabbed him in the shoulder before, mm-hmm. and it did nothing because he's full-on Freddy now. Like, she couldn't get through. Whatever. Right, and he's a power bottom, so yeah. why would he... So he's he's really close to... Uh, he's really close to, uh, like, killing her, and she begs him to, like, come out of it and says mm-hmm. that she loves him. And then he's, like, starting to be like, Lisa? And as he's, like, coming out of it... Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts bleeding then. then she's so like, he's I getting, love you. Yeah, and so he's getting weak. So she keeps telling him how much she loves him, mm-hmm. which is snapping him out of it. Why and is that snapping him out of it? You know? I, because she's saying that she loves him. <laughs> and so he ends up... Uh, he never says it back. Yeah, he ends up falling down. Like, he's he's injured. And he's a frightened and whatever. But he ends up bursting into flames. And then at the end of it... Right, All he also that... catches on fire as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Subtext. I know. <laughs> but then, he, uh, like, all of that peels away, and he's his normal self under that. Right. And so, yeah, it's just this very, like, you know, with with enough of her love, you know, if you just recognize right. this woman's love. You found the right, you, you can, need to find the right woman. Yeah, and you can overcome. Right, and you can the, overcome the this, monster of your homosexuality. Desire. Yeah, yeah, it just, it, to me, it reads very much like a, you know, a, hey, reefer madness. You mm-hmm. know, if you love this and if you don't want to do whatever, you can overcome it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the... The overtone I get from it, like it seems like a cautionary tale about being gay. And speaking of coming, we should probably talk about the coach scene. Oh my god! (laughs) But like, let's say you are, you know, one of these, you know, closeted, yeah, gay kids in the eighties, and you see this. This is a major kind of thing for you, right? Yeah, this is really kind of like an awakening for you. Uh, we're almost we're almost for sure that the coach kind of did something with him, right? Um, so the coach catches him like at an S and M bar. Yeah, well, he goes to so he. You like one of them S and M bars? So it uh, 
Is it an S&M bar? Yeah, it, well, yeah, it's supposed to be a gay S&M bar. Mm, it takes all kinds. It takes yeah. all kinds. So the um, what ends up happening is he, because they keep talking about how like hot the house is, mm-hmm. and, like stuff in his room melts. Um, at one point, like the toaster starts on fire, mm. birds explode, and like. Just there's, a lot, there's also like candles in his room that, that are like kind of like surrounding him in yeah. a way that is very much like a, uh, a sex act that goes yeah. along with a bunch of men uh, being around one guy in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah. I will not, you know. Yeah, okay. Uh, but you can kind of imagine what that is if you want to. But um, go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> so, um, he uh. One night he gets up after the the, the his baseball cap and or baseball helmet and his uh, whatever it was sitting next to his bed melt. He goes downstairs, gets a drink of water, something else like mm-hmm. freaks out, and then he's just like, Ugh. so he leaves the house and wanders to. It's just wandering the street in the rain. Yeah, in the rain, sweaty, whatever, and he's got his shirt open. Mm-hmm. And he As goes one does. to he goes it's to out, just keep your shirt open. He goes to the S and M bar that his, bar? that Ron tells him the coach goes to. <laughs> right. That, like, how does Ron know? Right. Because I, I, I thought they were like, yeah, it's like, oh, that's a rumor kind of thing. Right. No, it's he goes to this club, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and it's also, like, why did you? And it's like. It's not like a straight up S and M bar, but it's like a like a leather bar. Well, it's also like, um, I'm trying to think of the club that uh, Keith Haring like talked about. They went to all the time, where it was like it wasn't necessarily just a gay bar, but it was yeah. also like artists and drags, yes. yeah, and drag shows, yeah. And stuff it like was that. like an it was like a down it was just like an eclectic bar, yeah. kind of outcast, yeah. It was like a of, safer space for like, yeah, like that's what it kind of reminded us of. Yeah, and um, it's like one of those places where it's just like a, a hole in a warehouse wall mm-hmm. that's like barely lit with like just a sign that's like here. Yes, you know? yes. And so, did you know the did you know the um, the founder of New Line Cinema wanted to be the coach? Really? Yes, and then the the director talked him out of it. That's but instead he makes a cameo as the bartender. Oh, that's the... Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That bartender was pretty aggressive, too. Yep. I think... Okay. <laughs> yep. Which makes me wonder if, like, the new line guy was, like, all was like all about this because he maybe looked at the script and was like, hey, okay. Maybe. I mean, you honestly, know. like... Like, this, was, was, this like, was great. People saw this scene capture on the screen and they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing mm-hmm. because... People didn't see this represented, especially outside of it being like, you know, where it had always been treated as kind of like a degenerate kind of. Yeah. And so, but this, I think, was a real club, too, that they filmed in. Yeah, I think so. Because even they, in the documentary, said something like, that's a, that's, it was a real gay Yeah, but you went to a gay, like, you went was to it Los really? Angeles. We didn't know. Yeah, you went to a Los Angeles gay club and I'm like, or yeah, S&M club did. to do this. And they're like, you didn't know. You had to have known. Yeah. And you Rob, know right away when you walk into a gay, gay bar. Yeah. Um, they have so, that smell. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. Oh, oh. The, the, the uh, so he goes in there, he orders a beer, and like the bartender's just eye fucking him <laughs> anyway. But like, he the director of New Line Cinema is just I guess him. that's and what he wanted to. And then uh, he gets his beer and he pours it and he goes to take a drink, and the coach stops him. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought, uh oh, he's gonna be in trouble, and the coach is going to talk to him. And then you realize, nope, the coach just, like, takes him back and makes you him know, run You know, I think laps. if you remade this, maybe it would be different. Maybe. And you know what I mean? Yeah. But, no, the coach they, takes him back. The coach takes him, takes him back to the high school? He takes him back to the high school, makes him run laps until he's sweaty. I guess. Then tells him, and then we don't see anything else, but tells him to get in the shower. Mm-hmm. And he, like, lines up, uh, like, a jump rope and some other things. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. he's going to, like, whip him and do whatever else. Um but I almost got the sense that they were alluding to the fact that, like, he already, like, basically raped the kid mm-hmm. and then told him to get in the showers or, like, was planning on it. Yes. Or and planning so, it. Yes. Yeah. And so then the coach ends up getting dragged into the room with, like, the jump rope and everything. And, like, all the, the he's getting pelted with balls. 
like ghostly, right? Yeah. Like, I don't yes, know. Yes, ghostly. He's not asleep. Freddy does that, yeah. too, I guess. Yeah. And so then he gets he gets strung up in there. Uh, and then Freddy shows up and just starts clawing him. Mm. And then it cuts away and you realize it's actually Jesse who's got right. the glove on. Yeah. He's been possessed. Right. But there's that scene where Jesse's, like, looking at it. Yeah, he's just watching it. Watching it. Yeah. Which is very... Like he's like he's not participating in the act himself. He's just watching right, it. Right, but it seems to be... Also, like... Sort of enjoying it a little yes. bit. Yes. Also, like... Well, because the, the, they have a towel that is, like, whipping the <laughs> whipping the, the teacher in the ass. Yes. Like... Yeah. It yeah. just seems... Also, good on for Marshall Bell to just kind of go with that, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because, that, again, that's his career as well. Yeah. You know, but I guess he's more of the villain yes. aspect of it. So not necessarily, you know, but he's lead, not the but, he's not the leading yeah. man carrying it where they. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, again, very like, I mean, this is there's no subtext. It is just it is in your face it is in your in face. many ways in your face. Um, and you know what? I think if, I think if they would have approached it differently, well, first off, like, I really don't feel like this is an appropriate, like, representation of a, a Nightmare on Elm Street film. No. Um, it seems like it's the, the black sheep. Yeah. It's, it's the, well, it's the season of the witch of, of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. That's the Halloween three of Nightmare on Elm Streets. Because it's it's like the one where it doesn't fit in with it. A lot of people are like, eh, what is this? But it has like a definite cult following for one reason or another. You know what I mean? Um I think that uh I think if they would have approached this differently and if they would have maybe made it not so much of like a you can come out of this by finding the right woman kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I could have maybe been more behind this movie. Um, but as it stands, I'm like, Oh, fuck you for like, mm-hmm. especially knowing the outcome and like knowing how Mark Patton, uh, how Mark Patton got impacted by it. Like it just pisses me off even more because it, it just seems like they set him up to take this fall. Well, yeah, he's young, you know, he's gay. He's yeah. not, you know, the one, you know, they have they have futures in producing and directing. Right. right. They have all these movies they're going to make. He's just a young boy. He's just a young kid. He, he can take it. Well, screw you. You know, like whatever. That's all I have to say about them. There you go. Screw them. Anyway, yeah. Overall, from let me let me ask you this. From, Overall, from the movie, like wow. Yeah, what like do just, I think about it. I know we delved a lot into it. It's a the... weird, like, it's such a weird movie to begin with, right? And yeah. um, it has some fun moments, like, as far as the cultness of, like, the homoeroticism or whatever you want to call it, the, the subtext of it. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of fun to kind of retrospect on. Yeah. But this movie is not really that funny. No. So I, I don't enjoy it that way. Yeah. And I really don't find it scary either. No, nor do I. And so I don't really prefer this movie. Well, he only—it doesn't even feel like it's a Freddy movie. No, it right? doesn't. Like you said, it feels like a haunting movie. In a how way. many? How many people? Like, bef- uh, two people die. Yeah, how many people die up until two? the pool party when he just randomly slashes a bunch of people and runs three, away? Three, because he kills like two people, two or three people at the Ron. at the. Right, Ron is two. I thought Ron was three. Who's before that? The coach, the girl. No, was there someone at the beginning? I don't know. Well, there was the kids in the bus. Oh, that that's kids stupid. on the bus. That isn't really. Yeah, that doesn't whatever. count because that was nothing. It, it was had nothing, nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I'm also like you had a, a car. I don't know why you're dreaming about this bus all the time. You're dreaming about this bus. Yeah, whatever. And the dreams aren't even, like, something that are part of the plot. No. Like, in the third one, Dream Warriors, that is because yes. they are through the therapy that they're going through. Right. And so I'm like, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. His, um... It feels like it's, like, the bastard child. Of, yeah. 
it, Friday it was the 13th, not not Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Matt Reynolds. Uh, look, I'm not like a big Freddy. I'm Freddy's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are like, Freddy's my favorite, and oh I'm like, I get that. Freddy can be your favorite. Thank you. But I, and I don't me, know about other people. I hate fucking I'm Freddy Krueger. And here's why. Like, I'll make a case for why. And I'm not again saying you shouldn't have Freddy be your favorite. If you want Freddy to be your favorite, that's fine. There's something rooted in reality of like Mike Myers and even Jason where they can just show up at any time and they're yeah. kind of in the background and they're lurking. Just lurking. Yeah. But for him, we always know when we're going to get him because there's that dream aspect of it. Yeah. And so I'm like, ugh, whatever. Here he comes and here he is yapping away. And I'm like, I don't need the yappity yaps. Yes. You know, like, just get to the kill. And I think that's why, like, later on in the Chucky movies, I don't really, like, yeah. prefer. Because I think in the earlier Child's Play movies, he's less talkative. Yeah. Where in the later ones, it's more wisecrack, wisecrack. And I'm like, I don't really care about that. Yeah. I'm more of a wisecrack person with the people who are trying to to defend themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you get that later on the 90s aspect of like the meta humor that yeah. even like Wes Craven has with Scream and his own, this this own franchise yes. in itself with uh, A New Nightmare. But yeah, for the most part, I'm not a big fan of Freddy. I, I'm not either. Like to me, the things that are like menacing about like Jason and Michael Myers are that like, they're just silently looking at mm-hmm. you. Like when you're like, please stop. And they're just like, no, not you know, going just to. staring at you with their dead eyes. To me, that's something even like Chucky makes sense to me because he may say things, but he's like a doll who shouldn't be saying things. Yes. It's the opposite way of that. It's like, and instead you get Freddie who's like, Hey, everybody. Hey, and just like starts like, like this one, his talking is dumb. Like his lines are just, nonsense you've got the brains and i've got or yeah got you got the muscle. yeah you got the body, body and i got the brains got the brains and rips his scalp off and yeah. his brain is somehow you know not concealed by a skull but twink. anyway but, come here twink. <laughs> but like it's i i have never liked freddy i i think um yeah i it's not that i've never liked freddy yeah i don't find him that menacing Yes. To me. I was... But everyone was all like, you should be afraid of Freddy when we were younger. Yes. And I'm like, really? I know. I get the I get the aspect of why Freddy is scary, though. Because, like, yes. Like, let's say I drove a thousand miles to get away from Michael Myers. It's going to be That's a true. while before he can get to me. Or I can outrun him and hide. Right. He's like, he may find me eventually. But, like, as we saw in, like... You know, like Halloween H two O, he had to go and raid somebody's house and get yeah. But to if find you're gonna, him. if I get what you're saying, but then use that to your advantage in this movie. They, they don't do that. No, you know, no, what no I mean? but they can't in in a Freddy movie because your dreams, you can't outrun them. Like I get right. that being the scary thing, right? But what I'm saying, then use that as part of the plot. Yes, yeah, you don't do that in this movie. No, in in the second, very in, much in the third movie, you do, which Freddy's makes Revenge, that work. No, there is none of that. But yeah, that movie's that movie's a good movie because of that aspect. Of agreed, it. I agree. Because then they they rework that into the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like I get why he's scary with that, and I I will say like when I was young, because I liked. Uh, the Halloween movies because they were like just scary enough and just gory enough that there was like suspenseful to them and that that's why I liked them um, but I only remember I remember turning on Nightmare on Elm Street like in the middle of it and it's where like Johnny Depp gets sucked into his bed and then just like a fountain of like gore shoots mm. to the ceiling and like that freaked me out when I was a kid like real bad and then I had never watched it after that. That was the only part of it I'd seen for years. And finally, I was like, I'm going to watch this because it was on TV. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And I'm like, I hate this. You mean like <laughs> you're saying it doesn't hold up? Like it Not should. even. No, I'm like, I'm just still a kid when I saw it. It oh, wasn't okay. even the thing about holding up. It's just like, it didn't scare me because it was so much like, like, look, uh, when I saw Halloween H2O in the theaters with a friend. There's a scene where Adam Arkin gets stabbed, basically gets, you know, stabbed and lifted up on the knife. And you can see the point of it. 
and he's shaking and bleeding and whatever. And my friend's little sister was with us and she bawled her eyes out because it was scary because like you can envision that happening. Like when you're right. Oh no, I got pulled through this thing and turned into salsa. And then like, you know, just like the deaths in the Friday the 13th mm. or not nightmare on Elm street things. Don't freak me out because they're so fucking ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's, there's things like, yes, like, uh, Ron getting like stabbed through like you know like and it was like I like the way that they did it where the claws came through the door on the other side like I was like oh okay like it was a good visual right visually fine yes that is more believable yeah but like the overall concept just is not believable to me and that's there why there are like, some eh. moments in this movie that are visually fine there are some moments where that's a puppet and you're yes. like that's a puppet yeah were some no real thanks. bad puppetry yeah. things in this um the <laughs> They're, um, they do some, I like the, the work they do with the glove though. Like the glove showing up mm. places or like when he puts it on or like he suddenly has it on, it's kind of got this weird psychological horror piece to it. Like, I think if they would have done that right, where, where they almost questioned whether it was really Freddy, whether, whether it was whether him it was or him, not. Yeah. Would have been interesting. And then we find out that it's not. But right. like throughout the movie, yes. we were, were left guessing. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. But it just becomes almost lost in yes. that. Because it's like, eh, well. Or if, if he would now have. It's just, it becomes a trope for Freddy and not necessarily yeah. through characterization or moving forward. Yeah. Or if, if Freddy came back by possessing his mind. And he was now like a corporeal being, like like Michael Myers or Jason or those guys, mm. but ends up scarring himself up and doing these things where he kind of has these supernatural powers, but also has like a physical manifestation of himself. Like, I could have seen them getting into that. I think that might have been an interesting, different way to continue the story, but like they didn't. It's just like, it's, mm. they couldn't, it's like the guy didn't actually watch the first one and know what he did to like write this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I lo- there was stuff I thought like a lot of the work because the claws are iconic, right? Like his glove is iconic. Um, and you, see, I think you see a lot of cool things with it, like where it shows up places or like things happen. The thing where he stabs Ron, and he of course the claws are so long it comes out the door on the other side, and his parents just see it, and you see it like run down, and you're like, ooh, I know what happened. You're like I think that is cool. Um. Like, stuff like that is interesting. Um, some some of the puppets were really awkward. There were some weird things they included where I'm like, what is this? Why is this here? Like, what the fuck is happening? Was, like, the dogs. When when uh, Lisa goes to the factory. Yes, Lisa goes weird. to the factory to track down Jesse to save him. Uh, because Freddy has taken him over and ran away. And she knows she he's going to go back to... To Fred Krueger's place. <laughs> uh, and I was I could have sworn that it was a school that he was. He was in the boiler room of the school. But maybe I was wrong with that. Yeah, but, I don't know. But, but like, they put him back in the factory. Uh, they track him down there. And when he... When they find him, there are two dogs guarding outside. But the dogs have, like, baby... Human baby faces on them. <laughs> <laughs> and we were I was like, whoa, fuck, what? Like I forgot about that. Like I don't think about that part, you know? Um <laughs> But that was probably to me was probably the one like holy mm. shit, what kind of moment to this movie mm. was the dogs with baby faces that were just like No guarding outside. Yeah. So Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, let, why don't we do this? Now that yeah. I've, what? Go ahead. Now that I've said my piece about baby face dogs, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about our five questions? Well, first, did you notice that there was a girl on the bus? Her, uh, the actress's name was Allison Barron. You might remember her from the CBS School Break special. She played second girl in the uh, the one called An Enemy Among Us. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. You didn't recognize her? You're a big fan of CBS Storybook yeah, Special. 
school book. It was wasn't that with uh you know Captain Kangaroo or was that not? <laughs> was it was Captain that... OG Read More? No, it was it Captain OG Read More? Captain OG Read More. That's amazing. Oh my god, Captain OG Read More. I love Captain OG Read More. Was he like a cat with like yeah. a like he a treasure? Was, he was like a he was like, like a pirate a, cat. He was like a no. He was like a, OG Read More. Like, he was like if a cat was like a boat captain but fell on hard times. No, that's what he looked like. Captain OG Read More. <laughs> he was right like here. I'm a junkyard cat, but also a boat captain. But wasn't Malcolm Jibble or Warner? Didn't he do it like later on? I swear he did too. But anyway. Yeah, he probably did. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, Captain OG Read More. <laughs> Tap dancing your way into his way into oh, God, he did tap dance. Yeah, he did, right? Yeah, gosh. <laughs> okay. What do you think is the best part of this movie? Oh, uh, Heather Langenkamp's the best part of this movie. Who wasn't in it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a lot of weird stuff going on in this movie. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint something tremendous to stick out in this movie because yeah. this movie's kind of all over the place. Yes. Um so I'm actually gonna say that um I like the guy that plays Jesse. I like Mark Patton. Yeah. I think he actually does a fine job for what he is given. Absolutely. And I think they um it's well deserved. Yes. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get to move forward in a way that maybe could have showcased him or challenged him even more. Yeah. Or um, maybe brought his game to even more of a, a different level. And right. uh, I blame the uh, rest of the creators for that. Oh, but absolutely. For me, it's Mark Patton. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I... You know, I think I also think Mark Patton because, like, he was the one. He to me is the one person who understood the assignment. Like, right, everyone else was kind got, of along for the ride. Yeah, he understood. Maybe he kind of Marshall understood. Bell. Like, I think he understood what the overtones of this were. Maybe like, the coach knew. Too, yeah, but, and what it was getting at. You know. Yeah. Like, I think he got it, but the problem is, like, when they sold him out, then he ended up looking like the one who biffed it when. Like, they could have all stood by their product and said no. Right. You know, this whatever. They, honestly, like... also the ones that wrote this thing and saw it in the final cut. You could have been, like... Honestly, like, I could have... I think with a couple of changes... Like, I, I think that this movie would be one that would have, like, this big cold appeal still... Um, and maybe we could have had a, a different kind of commercial success. Um, I think what they needed to do is they needed to, it needed to be, not be a Freddy movie first off. Like it needed to not be a nightmare on Elm street. Like keep, keep the gay overtones. Make yeah. it something else is taking over, but at the end, don't make it like a, Oh, thank God I'm back to straight. <laughs> there know, are like, moments in this movie where I'm like, Oh, are they going to go through? Are they going to go down that route where you feel like they're going to, not preach a lesson, but kind of like go through that aspect of maybe you're going through some changes that yeah. here we are. But then I realize this is an eighties movie and that's not going to happen. Right. But you do in, to, to push forward. There is this huge um, market where, especially nowadays with queer culture inside yeah. horror movies through podcasts like uh, Friday the 13th. Yes. Or our friend, Stan the Mechanic, John yeah. Hernandez, mm-hmm. um, and just even in general with Elvira coming out yeah. uh, with, with her, it just seems like it um, that maybe this, even though we are talking about it, kind of the panicnik of this of, yes. of it, it is a little before its time though. So yeah. let let's give it that credit too. Yeah, so. I I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think there's. This movie could have worked mm-hmm. more. Um, and I think what does work about it is also brought by the kind of buy-in from Mark Patton with this. I think that he does. Yeah. He does a good job and he brings out good things with it. And I would have loved to see 
not necessarily him become Freddy, but like him become his own man mm. and not necessarily, be, you know, not be like, I love you, right. Lisa, at the end to show that he was back to being right. moral. Maybe he was the Babadook. Was he the Babadook? He I don't know. The Babadook. The Babadook. Is this where so the Babadook came from? <laughs> Are you um, the sequel to the Babadook? <laughs> that whole thing is a trip, too. I've never seen it. Have <laughs> you seen that movie? No. Okay. We were going to, remember? And we, we just, yeah, never, we just we never did. Yeah. got out to it. But... The whole thing about... Yeah, the whole identifying with that. <laughs> like, um, Number door is gay. <laughs> Do you think this movie stands on its own? You know, surprisingly, it does for me. Because it is kind of its own weird creature, in yes. a way. There's just a lot of answers or questions that they don't answer. But I don't think it has anything to do with the first movie. I just think it's just confusing through its plot alone. Yeah. Um, and so to say that it stands on its own is not a good thing. Right. And so I think it does. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Because um, they tried to make something else and it doesn't work. Yeah. I feel like it, it stands on its own a lot because I think outside of seeing Nancy's diary. Yeah. Outside of them. But even then they don't really get into it. They kind of like gloss over it. Um, and even then, like, I don't think some of the facts are consistent from one to two. Mm. Uh, I feel like, I feel like, um, Jack S. McGee, who wrote it, didn't, <laughs> uh, I don't even feel like he really watched it. I don't think he watched the first one. Or if he one. watched it, he didn't pay attention to it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't get the feeling that happens. So yeah, it stands, I think it stands fairly well on its own. Um, I think they were like, make this movie. And you can direct all the CBS school break specials <laughs> you want. No, he. I think that the movie stands enough on its own. Like it, it's okay on its own. But like you said, I think that doesn't really help the situation mm. here, like because it's it's just so far removed from the others. But, uh, do you? Uh, does this make you want to watch the first one? No. Yeah, me either. No, it doesn't. It makes me want to watch gay movies. Yeah. But it doesn't make me want to watch. It actually make, makes me want to go and research the history of queer horror yeah. more than watching the first one. Yeah. Which I guess I is a good thing. That. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Because that is part of the history. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, something that's, I mean, it's p- part of pop culture, but. Yes. Whatever. So, no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, I would say the same. I'm with you. Like, I want to, you know, there are... Because we have we have some. Yeah. And some of it um, I've been exposed to because of John Hernandez, of Stan the Mechanic. But yes. and some of it I haven't. Some of it on my own. So I appreciate him yes. for highlighting that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, um, Stan the Mechanic definitely has helped with some of that. Um and even stuff that wasn't like... And even Friday Gay, the Friday Gay guys, too. Yeah, the Friday the 13th guys do a, a really good job with that. But I was going to say, even with um, even with stuff that's not like overtly or like, you know, has gay characters or is written by mm-hmm. gay people, directed, whatever, I think that you get... Um, you actually get some good um, stuff that's almost like allegorical. So I think that you have some of that going on. Right, um, because so like we talked about with sci-fi and horror, you can yeah. get away with that a little bit more, especially back in the day. You can yeah. kind of, uh, you know, avert the codes of back in the day to kind of show that message. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So I think that, yeah, um, it doesn't want to make me want to watch the first one, but mm-hmm. it does make me want to look more at like, Gay cinema, especially like gay horror kind of thing. Mm. Um, the um, would you reboot, continue, or cancel based on this movie? Yeah, no. You wouldn't do any of those. No, you wouldn't. I don't get the answer. Re- so you wouldn't reboot it. Nope. You wouldn't continue it. Nope. But you would want it to somehow still keep going. Yes. So you wouldn't want to cancel it. You're not listening to me. I don't want it canceled. Right. But I want it to keep going. 
Yeah. In my dreams. Dreams! No? No? Oh my god. You really, you like the third one. The Dream Warriors. Yes, the Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors! Do you think a lot of people regard it as their fave? Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen it the most, probably. Yeah. It's the one that I think I've probably not. I've seen maybe the first one once. Oh, I think a lot of people gravitate towards the third one. Yeah. Because it's more adventurous than the others. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. There's some fun aspects of that movie. Yes. So, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. No, no, but I say no. My answer is no. You? <laughs> um, I mean, just cancel it. No, I want I, it in my dreams. I, Don't I cancel it because Freddy. it's got to go in my dreams. I detest Freddy. No, dreams. Well, it's an opinion piece, so we both can say mm, what No, it's on the opinion piece. We're going in cancel. my dreams. Cancel. In my dreams. Cancel. In my dreams. Cancel. In my dreams. Keep going in my dreams. Canceled. Okay. Uh, some of your experience up in two words. In my dreams, no, that's the three words. Um, flame out. <laughs> this movie flamed out. Yeah, yeah, in more ways than one. Yeah, I think that uh, gay text instead of gay subtext. What's like the the opposite of gay subtext? Super Just text. Hit, super text, I guess. Yeah. Um, anything like. Hitting you over the, I think this hits you over the head more than yeah. the subtext. I think it's so there, it's hard not to avoid it. I just don't really, I don't think this is a horror movie. I really don't. I think this is like you said, either a gay like panic movie or yeah. a gay culture movie in a I mean, way. I think it can I think think I, it can still be both. No, I just don't find it like I don't find it scary enough for me. Right. To be a horror movie. Really, it's a horror movie, don't get me wrong. There really are not like But there's not like it's not to me a horror movie. They just don't there's not that many kills even. Um so, and what for it is me, just, no. yeah. Um yeah. And the ones it's except like the coach doc, except the coach, the one they're not really that great. No. Like, Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Hey Right, and even the parent, like the parents, especially the dad's an asshole. The dad yeah. needs to, you know, I I don't want the kid to be an orphan, but yeah, he's an asshole. I don't yeah. want that guy around. You know, I don't know. I just never, you know, how sometimes, and I know this is bad, but you watch a horror movie, you root for people. Yeah, that you're like that that person should kind of get it. Yeah, because we're watching a horror movie. That dad, he's an asshole. Yeah, so. You know, but I think that was probably, again, intentional because it's like, I don't want my, I don't want my son to be, yeah. you know, a queer or yeah. gay. Yeah. You know? No, I get it. Yeah. Maybe birdhouse might, is that one word or two words? Is birdhouse one word? Sure. I don't Bur- know. Birdhouse poof. Birdhouse poof? Yeah. Poof as in poof, you know. Ooh. Oh my God. You know, and then birdhouse <laughs> as in that there was a birdhouse there. Yeah. And one of the birds went poof. They did. Why? We what, never why talked is, about why. why what no one tells me why that happened. Why did they put that in this movie? It was strange. Like, I was like, is that supposed to be a possession of some kind, but I'm like, just saying it, it symbolized if, if nothing. If they would have died in there, it would have been one thing. But like for it them didn't to symbolize like, anything, out, did it? No, no, no. I don't know. No. Then why put it in there? Yeah. Let's put more Freddy in there. Yeah. I don't have time for a bird. So I say birdhouse poof. Birdhouse poof. Yeah. Now the poof is well, you know what I mean. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what are your two words? Um, I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with gay panic. Gay panic? Because like, it is. I mean, the whole thing is, it's kind of built around this idea that, like, when he is being possessed by the monster, the villain, that that's no, when I, he's yeah. the most homoerotic. Mm-hmm. And he, he has to escape that by the love of this woman coming after mm-hmm. him and getting him out of it. Right. And when he's making out with her, the 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 villain comes out yeah. of him and he just runs to his buddy. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. like, watch me while I sleep. Yeah. What? Um, 
Yeah, I just like we know what it was getting at, and I, it really feels like there's a way to do it and there's a way to not. It felt like their point of all of this was to say that like the gay was like an internal sickness that he could overcome, mm-hmm. and that pisses me off a lot. Which, especially during the time with the AIDS pandemic, yeah, you know the and and that and yeah. having that be that scare and panic yes that to me is bullshit that then all of a sudden you're you reaganize this whole fucking thing and then you go balls to the wall about that and then you're like no there was nothing gay about this yeah fuck off yeah and they they sacrificed poor mark Patton for that Mm -hmm. yeah no i agree with you i was just trying to have a little fun with oh i know what you were doing birdhouse and i was just trying to be a little bit you're a little bit I'm a fun. little bit fun. And I'm a little bit preachy. That's right. Together <laughs> we make the Deuce Podcast. Where can people find us, Jeremy? Oh, I'm not going to sing this, but uh, people can find us at the deucepodcast.podbean.com. Really? Yes. I'm going to continue singing. Go ahead if you want. Okay. <laughs> Google Play. Google Play. Stitcher. Stitcher. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Do they call it that anymore? Yeah, because it used to be iTunes. Oh, iTunes. Now it's Apple Podcast. Now Apple Podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, Apple Plus with Ted Lasso. <laughs> no, we're not on Apple Plus. Oh, we're not? No, why would we be on Apple Plus? I know. That's what I'm saying. We're not. Um, <laughs> You can... Uh, most places have, like, those podcatchers. Yes. You can, you can find us. Um, We also... Podknife um, Pod is one of them. Yeah. Stuff like that. Podcatcher. Yeah. Catcher in the Rye pods? No. Uh, so you can also find us on mm-hmm. Facebook. Two peas in a pods. Maybe. Is one. I just made that up. That's something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on pods Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Deuce Podcast. Uh, and then you can also find uh, many of our podcast mates are part of the always up network mm-hmm. uh, we have people all over the world so there's always somebody up making podcasts getting making, material out there making material out there uh, and so you can always find us uh, if you look at hashtag a u n uh you'll find that and we'll have a website up right shortly for that too. it's so creators that are podcasts. creating material that is raw and in important to them and um and so they're not sacrificing anything in the process so it's a good deal. So uh, go and look up all the podcasts on that network. And of course, uh, as I mentioned multiple times, uh, you can listen to or watch Stan the Mechanic. So he's a horror host um, who talks uh, a lot about like gay film and filmmakers. Uh, he's got great, uh, a lot of great shows out there. Uh, he has a few of them that are on Here TV. Uh, and then some, which he does over like public domain episodes, um, like movies like Scream, Bloody Murder, Devil Times Five, and The Bat, which are his newer ones that came out for Halloween 2021. Uh, so definitely you can check those out. If you go to StanTheMechanic.com, uh, he has that there where you can go and look at his uh, what shows he's got up and where to watch them. Uh, you can subscribe to his newsletter to find out new things that are coming out. Uh, more about his, uh, you know, things that he's writing about. Uh, and then, of course, uh, he has like a merchandise uh, thing there. It's always great to, to support uh, your local horror host. So definitely give him a check out, too. But until then, Jeremy, mm-hmm. the sequel is King. With a dream warriors. <laughs> Something very strange and mystic happened to me Something realistic and as weird as can be Something that I feared somehow is now endeared to me What a funny feeling, odd and yet so true Did a thing like this ever happen to you? Did you ever see a dream walking? Well, I did. Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did. 
have a dream Will you, when will you be mine? Oh, it's so grand And it's too, too divine Did you ever see a dream dancing? Well, I did Did you ever see a dream romancing? Well, I did Did you ever see heaven right in your arms? Saying I love you, I do Well, the dream that was walking and the dream that was talking And the heaven in my arms was you 